You obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, this is Don Nyam, a.k.a. Stingray. This is Matthias Holner, director of Warrior's Gate. Hi, my name is Katrina Durden. I'm the blonde zealot in Doctor Strange and DiCaprio in Street Fighter Resurrection. You're listening to the... And you're listening to the... And you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. The Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. The Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. You're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. And guys, this is my first anniversary show. Before we go any further, I need to say thank you. Thank you to all of you who've been with me since day one. Thank you to everybody who jumped in halfway through the year. Thank you to anybody who picked up the show yesterday and started listening for the first time. It has been my absolute pleasure to do this show and share my love of Kung Fu and martial arts movies with all of you. I am absolutely looking forward to year two and beyond, and I sincerely hope that you'll be along for the ride. So how exactly did my humble little Kung Fu podcast come to be? Well, about a year ago, I was doing some work in my home office and had the Five Deadly Venoms playing in the background. Because honestly, there's never a wrong time to watch the Five Deadly Venoms. At the same time, an ad flashed on my iPhone about the Netflix presentation of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2, The Sword of Destiny. And yet another ad flashed on my desktop for Into the Badlands on AMC, and I thought to myself, damn, there's a lot of Kung Fu on TV. And then I stopped and thought it again. Damn, there's a lot of Kung Fu on TV. That got me to reminiscing about the days of my youth where Saturday afternoons were reserved for Kung Fu Theater on Channel 5 at 3 p.m. in the New York City area. Mind you, this was the 70s and 80s where Kung Fu was super hot. And I mean hot to the point where there were songs about it. Everybody was Kung Fu There were even cartoons about it. Could be. Hong Kong Pooey, number one super guy. Hong Kong Pooey, quicker than the human eye. He's got style of movie style. As I sat there forgetting about work, I started wishing that someone I knew was as big a fan of kung fu movies as I was. Well, there were plenty of us when I was a kid. We all eventually grew up and got married, had kids, got jobs, and so on, and One of the casualties of all that growing up was following the times and watching the classic kung fu movie fade away as it was replaced by the action movies of the 80s and 90s. Of course, there were and are still great martial arts movies being made, but as technology and movie making evolved, those classic kung fu movies got relegated to bootleg DVDs sold out of boxes on street corners or out of mall kiosks, and they never quite felt the same again. Don't get me wrong, I'm not at all complaining, and I'm not trying to sound like the old man from Saturday Night Live. It was just different, and I thought it would be fun to BS about some of these movies. Now, as luck would have it, I was also quite a podcast fiend, and I did a quick search for any podcast about kung fu movies, and incredibly, there weren't that many. And some of the ones that did show up weren't even being updated anymore. So, I looked around and grabbed an old work conference mic. I fired up GarageBand on my Mac, and I started talking, and recording, and researching, then talking some more, and tracking down audio clips, and recording, and talking some more. 
then I listened to it and I trashed the whole thing. All right, I didn't trash it, but I did think that this was not the way it was supposed to be done. What did I know? The podcasts I listened to were polished and crisp, while my recording sounded like I was talking underwater through a burlap bag with marbles in my mouth. But then I thought, eh, you know what, just record it anyway. So I did. Then I played around with it a little bit. I even made a logo for myself. And then nothing. I let it sit there for a day or two. After all, who's going to listen to a podcast about kung fu movies? People who listen to podcasts are probably too young to remember what kung fu movies even were. And then, of course, I remember that I listen to podcasts. And some of the podcasts I listen to harken back to some nostalgia from my youth, whether it was music or cartoons or classic TV. So I went ahead and set up some hosting with Libsyn, and before I could talk myself out of it, I let that episode loose into the podcast ether, and just like that, I was a podcaster. Of course, no one listened. In fact, the first four downloads were me seeing if it worked. But yeah, the first episode was up, and of course, checking stats daily became a thing. In the first two days, nothing. Not a blip. Then on day three, there was. A download that was not me or someone I asked to boost my numbers. By the end of the day, I had a whopping seven downloads. But the important thing was that none of them were me. And as each day passed, a few more numbers got added to the pile. People were actually listening. And then I thought, oh no, now I gotta make another episode. But that meant that I had to watch more kung fu movies. Winner. And really, I mean, I actually wound up the winner in this because I had given myself a reason to watch my kung fu movies a lot more and pay more attention to them than I might have otherwise. As for my listeners, well, the first few episodes certainly leave a lot to be desired in terms of sound quality and pacing, but what I hope I convey every time is a real enthusiasm for the genre. I've talked about it before in other episodes, but these movies were pure escapism for me and for a lot of kids. Before the spandex and leather was cool to rock on screen, we had silk and swords and it was awesome. Some of the stars that I looked up to as a kid didn't exactly have easy names to remember, at least at first. These were guys like Ti Lung, Chen Quan Tai, Wang Long Wei, Sammo Hung, Lo Mang, Kuo Choi, Chang Pei Pei, and so on. Then as the Western audience grew, we had Gordon Liu, Jimmy Wang, Jackie Chan, Michelle Yeoh, and of course Bruce Lee. These actors were my heroes, and now with this podcast, I found myself digging further into their backstories than I might have otherwise, and learning much more about the genre itself. Along the way, I've gotten to interview some really cool people, too. So uh, up until Golden Harvest, you sort of had two kinds of Kung Fu movies being made in Hong Kong. First of all, there were the, the, the set, large production pieces being made by Shaw Brothers, which were feeding off a, uh, a movie form, a Chinese movie form that, that, had, that had existed in Shanghai in the 30s, uh, in, in Singapore. And then with, it, there was this other kind of, of, of film that was being made, which was low-budget very uh, and, and mostly modern modern type uh, films like Bruce Lee's right. Deadly Fingers right. and, a, and a whole bunch of other crappy movies. That clip was from my chat with Graham Earnshaw, who in the late 70s was one of the English voice dubbing directors for all those kung fu movies that meant so much to me. He had some truly fascinating insights into the process, and though these voices never got the credit that I think they deserved, I got to get a little bit closer to the people that really provided a soundtrack for my youth. From behind the microphones to in front of the cameras, I also got to interview some martial artists who got to display their skills on the silver screen as well. You really choreograph yep. 10, 12 movements. Right. You have one camera and you you run through those movements once, maybe twice, and then you have to shoot it. It's not like these big budget films right. where they have six, seven cameras and three weeks to shoot 30 right. seconds of fight scenes. Right. So I don't even remember the exact part of it, but Godfrey kept saying, go faster and and Cynthia was in front of me and she was going to duck and I said I just knew I could not go faster or I would hit her right and I said I can't because I'm going to hit her 
and you know, he's adamant. He, you're not going to hit her. Just do it. I said, no, I know I'm going to hit her. <laughs> well, and he said, well, he says, you can't hit me. And I said, okay, so go ahead. You stand there. And he stood there and I hit him. <laughs> Don Nyan was a great guest and it was cool talking to him about his time as Stingray and more so learning about the style of Kung Fu that he practiced to win the role in the first place. Plus, we got to talk about his time on Undefeatable with Cynthia Rothrock and legendary director Godfrey Ho, who, frankly, could be the subject of his own podcast. And it was funny because <laughs> that I was, at the time when I did uh, Street Fighter Resurrection, I was actually already in training for Doctor Strange. So I was there kind of every day in rehearsals. And I think even it might have been our first day of filming on Doctor Strange, which joined up with kind of two nights that I had to film. So we had to film the fight. And that bit in the basement with Natasha as Laura, Natasha yep. Hopkins, we had to film that first. And I think that fell in line with some rehearsals and a filming day on Doctor Strange. So I ended up having to do a 65-hour day straight. Whoa! The blonde zealot Katrina Durden herself took some time out of her busy schedule to chat with me about her role as a kung fu assassin in Street Fighter Resurrection and as a martial arts sorceress in Doctor Strange. This was one of my favorite interviews because it meant a lot in particular to my daughters, who I'm hoping will follow in Katrina Durden's footsteps and grow up as living embodiments of girl power. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And for me, it was a dream come true. You know, I think um, being able to um, get the op opportunity to go to China, to um, to go to these amazing locations, these amazing backlots that I, I um, only saw in movies before, you know, I... Also, I was a big fan of Hero and Curse of the Golden Flower. Um, and then I got to work with some of those guys who, um, who made those films. And it was, um, it was special in that um, that kind of scope is kind of difficult to achieve in the Western world. Film director Matthias Hona stopped by to chat about an epic project of his own with The Warrior's Gate, which I described as the last starfighter meets Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the world of The Lord of the Rings. I'm always keen to see Kung Fu and martial arts on screen, and Matthias was a fan as well and brought some of that to this endeavor, and I'm looking forward to catching it when it's released here in the U.S. What is the Pottern family? Hey, y'all. It's Juliette Miranda from the Unwritable Rant Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast. This is Knock from the Geek Ogre Podcast. This is Jeff with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. This is Daniel from the Toe on the Trigger Podcast. This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast. Hey guys, this is Mike from the Mike Jolet Show. Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Potter Family. And use the hashtag Potter Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter Family, where great podcasts come home. But even with all those cool interviews, and hopefully there will be many more to come, the heart and soul of the podcast has always been just talking about the movies that shaped my youth and that continue to entertain me to this day. It was just a bomb! <laughs> I don't care who he was. I intend to kill every one-armed man that I come across here. Unfortunately, a movie like Master of the Flying Guillotine probably could not be shown on Saturday afternoon TV nowadays, where impressionable kids could get some wrong ideas. But thank goodness the times were so different from my youth. Back then, it was okay for old blind men to randomly decapitate people over a misunderstanding and then just walk away.
He's not the chief. He was only using those things as a method of infiltrating the killer gang. And stories that followed the bad guy weren't frowned upon. In fact, I will go so far as to credit these films with inspiring a lot of my quirky interests in imaginative storytelling and film. Whether due to the translation issues or just a different cinematic sensibility, watching these films made me work hard to keep characters and plot lines straight, even amidst all the incredible action. Fight scene. And really, it does all come back to the action, especially for us prepubescent boys back then, looking for an excuse to throw a punch or fly through the air. Kung Fu was and will always be a beautiful and powerful display of strength, flexibility, and control for me. When I was young, I believed that there had to be some kind of supernatural mystical element to the whole thing, but as I learned more about it, the truth was that all it required was incredible will and, frankly, superhuman discipline, which made me respect it even more. This wasn't limited to Kung Fu, either. This applies to all the martial arts that ask the practitioners to push themselves beyond what they think they can do so they can reach beyond their grasp. From Capoeira to Jiu-Jitsu, from Kali to Krav Maga, I never shook the bug to watch skilled fighters show off their unique skills. Today, we have action stars like Scott Adkins, Michael Jai White, Tony Jaa, Jason Statham, and so on, who took up the mantle from guys like Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Wesley Snipes. We've got plenty of women in the game as well, from Maggie Chung and Rosamund Kwan to Cynthia Rothrock and Gigi Annan. There are plenty more ready to pounce as well, like Katrina Durden, Zara Fithian, and Amy Johnson, just to name a few. So fortunately, I don't think I'm going to be running out of subject matter anytime soon, which means that for the time being, I get to keep podcasting. And that, in and of itself, has been an incredibly fun journey for me. While a longtime fan of podcasts, having enough to say about any one thing didn't seem like something I was prepared to do. But for those of you that know me, jumping into uncharted waters just to see what it's like isn't anything that I ever shied away from. So for the first few weeks of my show, it was me and my kung fu and the few of you who drunkenly stumbled onto my show and started to listen along. I established my social media presence and tried to get the word out and amazingly some fans responded. Mike Gonzalez was one of my very first fans who reached out to say that he was a listener and he even went so far as to write a review for me in iTunes. So back on March 23rd, 2016, Mike wrote, There aren't many kung fu movie podcasts out there. This is a great podcast to listen to if you're a fan of old school kung fu movies. Please keep the episodes coming. Another review from Justin272727 goes, Jeff gives listeners passionate commentary on the world of kung fu films. The show is informative, entertaining, and inspired me to explore the genre. Awesome, awesome show. And one more review from Podcast Rob goes, When I was a kid, Saturday morning kung fu theater was how my weekends would start. Listening to this show, it just takes me back to those days. Amazing sound quality and editing, fantastic presentation, and the info is top-notch. Had the pleasure of meeting Jeff in person, and neither he nor his show disappoint. Do yourself a favor and listen. This is a must-subscribe show. One of my earliest fans, Thomas Hall, even joined me for several shows because when it came to kung fu films, the guy knew his stuff, and it was great having him come on and drop some of his knowledge. As my social media persona grew, so too did my fan base, which, again, isn't exactly enough to fill a continent, but maybe a decent-sized island in the South Pacific somewhere. What's cool about podcasting is that I actually reach all over the world with this show and have some listeners in countries like Ghana and Suriname and Kyrgyzstan. I doubt I will ever be in any of those places, but my show has, and that's pretty cool. Something else super cool about podcasting is the entire podcaster community who I was very fortunate to have met out there in Twitterverse. I doubt you will ever find a group as welcoming and supportive as the indie podcast community, and without their encouragement, I doubt I would have gotten through year one. One of the groups that I really latched onto is the Pottern family, which again sort of took me in and helped me grow. Through that group, I got to meet some awesome people from the Tattooed Bananas podcast, Ice in the Face, the boys from the Something Something cast who I got to meet in person and continue to follow fervently. Other awesome shows like the Kenny Ho Show and Susie Jackknife inspired me to keep upping my game so that I could sound as effortless as these guys. 
Now, as part of the movie Pod Squad, which was started by the guys at the Cult 45 podcast, I get to interact with a bunch of other film buffs who bring all their enthusiasm and insight to their shows, and my podcast feed is always overflowing. So what do I have planned for year two? More of the same, honestly, but hopefully much more of it. I'm hoping some cool interviews can get scheduled, and I hope to attend some exciting events coming up and maybe do some live off-the-cuff podcasting from there to bring you all with me. As for the movies, I've got stacks of DVDs still to go through and lots of actors to acknowledge. I've got some merchandise planned as well, so if you ever feel like rocking the foo, hopefully I'll have you covered. For kung fu and martial arts film fans, there's plenty of stuff to get excited about in the coming year. Iron Fist, a favorite Marvel character of mine as a kid, will be making his Netflix debut and I'm really pumped about that. Into the Badlands is coming back for its second season, Jet Li just launched his own kung fu video channel, and Jackie Chan just got an Oscar. Does that mean the kung fu genre is poised to make a resurgence? Probably not, but that is being well represented at all is enough for me. Okay, gang, that wasn't the most elaborate or extravagant anniversary show, but it didn't have to be because honestly, I need to get work on the next episode anyway. Once more, a huge and humble thank you to all of you for continuing to tune in no matter how late or absent I sometimes get with this show. Thanks to everyone who has dropped a review in iTunes because that helps more than you can know. Thanks to all the indie podcasters who take the time to acknowledge my little show and retweet my episode announcements on Twitter because that little push is all it took to get me started and keep things rolling. Thank you to all the guests who shared a little of their world with me and made my show that much more interesting. And thank you to all the actors, stuntmen, costumers, makeup artists, prop guys, crew, and anyone who puts the work in to bring these fantastic stories to life so that guys like me can sit back, escape, and enjoy. Until next time, Poison Clan. Poison Clan rocks the world. See the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little big soldier is older and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, Derry D is coming back the Tai Chi master, Jelly's even faster The child a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaol in a mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. 
this time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin slashing blood just drip drop The head kick neck drop Balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spill When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car jelly I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war To smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine